For the longest time, I secretly wanted more. I often found myself shrinking to fit in, settling for what was comfortable, and even selling myself short. Once I finally accepted that we deserve success and we are blessed with the power to achieve it, I stopped playing small. I'm serious about building a life I love, and you should be too. I'm Denise Taylor of DeniseTaylor.live, and welcome to Life, Love, and the Pursuit of Happiness. I help women prioritize themselves, their success, and their happiness. Let's meet this week's achiever whose story will inspire you to push past your fears and soar. Well, hello, it's Denise Taylor, and welcome to this week's episode of Life, Love, and the Pursuit of Happiness. You know, I am always glad to have you join me. And in this season of thankfulness, you can rest assured that I am thankful for you. I am thankful for this opportunity to show up, lift voices, and champion you to the life that you desire. I believe that God has not given us a spirit of fear. He's given us power. And when we embrace our power, we can be, do, have, and achieve anything. In this season of thankfulness, I wanted to highlight stories that were powerful to help us understand with gratitude exactly what we should be thankful for. We should indeed be thankful for our life. We should indeed be thankful for our love, and we should indeed be thankful for our happiness. I am excited to welcome to Life, Love, and Pursuit of Happiness today, Mariam Ernest. She is a dear friend that I made the acquaintance with all the way on the other side of the world. She is from the UK and she's joining us today to talk about her story of thankfulness. Now on the onset, it doesn't seem like one that you would be thankful for, but God has done a work in her heart and in her life that allows her to see the beauty amongst the ashes. Now I want you to listen to her story of family estrangement. I want you to listen because many of us have these secrets in our families of people that we just don't remain in contact with for whatever reason. And in facing that, Mariam has been able to find purpose. She's been able to find a way to serve. And even more, she's been able to come to a place of thankfulness. I think what you're going to see resonate so strongly within her is her ability to illuminate superpowers power number four. Now, superpower number four is take care of you. And as she journeyed through the experience of dealing with family estrangement, she had to become fixed and focused on taking care of herself so that she didn't lose herself in the journey. I want you to hear this story and I want you to be encouraged to look for your gratitude and I will see you on the other side. I am excited today to have Mariam Ernest join me from the UK. I love how God is making the world so much smaller and allowing me to have such significant connection with people all around the world. And my relationship with her is one that I truly value. Now, today we are anchoring in on thankfulness. After all, this is the thankful season. Mariam is the host of the podcast, Recovery from Fragmented Families. 
where she focuses on serving people who have gone through family estrangement. Now, when we talk about her story of thankfulness, I think we're going to see that she has a passion that's developed from her own experience around family estrangement. And with that, Mariam, I want to welcome you to Life, Love, and the Pursuit of Happiness. So do us a favor and introduce yourself to us. Well, I am Mariam Ernest, and I'm currently a coach, and I work with people who have experienced family estrangement, whether it was by their own choice or it was forced upon them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Either way, I work with that person to bring him back to the self, because they can also often, they've gone through fragmented families, they can also become fragmented self. Mm. So I work with people to bring you back to center because you can often get lost with all that chaos that ensues after family estrangement. Mm-hmm. And tell us about your family. Well, I'm married and I've got uh, three children, mm-hmm. a teenager. One is, is, is going to be 18 in, in a few days. Uh, another one is 13 and I've got a little baby girl, three. Um, my original family of origin, I'm one of four uh, with siblings. I am estranged from some of my siblings. Uh, some of the estrangement is caused not because I wanted to, but circumstantial. And some of the relationship with my siblings is either fragmented or estranged. And I use the two interchangeably and simultaneously together. Mm-hmm. When I speak of estrangement uh, is when it's complete uh, as estrangement totalis, as in it's, it's gone. Mm-hmm. And fragmented is there's an, there's an element of type of behavior that hinders um, us to forming a relationship. So what I mean by that is, for example, uh, narcotics, the usage of narcotics can prevent uh, uh, some my family members and I to form in that particular relationship mm-hmm. and another due to various of disagreements and toxic dynamics have led to complete estrangement. Mm-hmm. And so what's at the heart of family estrangement? Like define that for us so that we have proper context in this conversation. Absolutely. So family estrangement, if you've never heard of the terminology, you will be like, oh, wow, never heard of it. And most people, this is the first time they introduce into this concept. So family estrangement is a loss of a previous existing relationship between family members. So family members, or I mean family of origin. And this loss of a relationship is through either physical and emotional to the extent that there's no communication whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Sometimes this can last for several years. Sometimes it could be a year, two, four, 10, 11, sometimes is complete a lifetime. So you become estranged from a sibling, maybe in your 20s, in your 30s, and you don't see them at all until both of you die. Mm-hmm. The consequence to that is that sometimes they are both of you, for example, myself, I've got children, it means their family members I'm estranged from, when they have to, their kids don't get to know each other in that capacity either. Mm -hmm. so it's literally the loss of relationship from the family of origin Mm -hmm. and with that that's where the hard feelings come in Mm -hmm. whether you chose to walk away they walked away from you and that's what estrangement does Mm -hmm. because you're disconnecting from that source that made you you that gave your identity Mm -hmm. and so for as much as you're comfortable Walk us through your own experience with family estrangement. 
So for me, number one, if someone would have said to me 10 years ago, uh, there's a possibility that you'll be estranged, uh, not fragmented necessarily, uh, but completely estranged, I would have looked to you like you've lost your mind. Mm -hmm. I mean, in what planet did that happen? That is not part of our story. It's not the way we grew up. And, and for me, this is always, uh, the reason why I'm doing this is because estrangement can happen to anyone even when you think it's never going to be you, it can be you. You just, as the time goes on by, as people grow up, you become a different person. Everybody goes into themselves. So for myself, with um, a stranger, when it started to happen, initially I was just like, oh, this is a bit strange. It's a little bit uncomfortable. There were so many toxic situations that were taking place. And sometimes I was finding it really, really, really hard to make sense of them. Mm -hmm. And over a period of time, I find that a particular family member, it was just constant. It was constant, whether it was being accused or blamed, vilified. And it was microdosing of very toxic scenarios mm -hmm. to the point that it starts chipping away at your very essence of who you are, mm -hmm. to the point that you, I think I start to develop a type of PTSD when I'm around particular people because it felt like you don't know what to do when you're around because any given, after any type of interaction, it's either a barrage of messages or those people are calling you for something that you're not even aware of. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was one of those situations I was not prepared for and because I wasn't prepared for it, nor did I see it coming like that, I didn't know how to deal with it. And probably I didn't handle it the right way. Um, so in a heart of some time in estrangement is lack of communication as well, or communication that was not particularly helpful for any members. Actually, that communication makes things a lot worse because at the time, you feel like you're under attack. Your ego, yeah, we all have this sense of ego that comes to, uh, to, the, to the essence of who we are sometimes. That is what takes over. And when that is taken over, you just want to bring yourself to center. You want to be heard because you feel like you're not being heard. You're being victimized and you want to prove your innocence. You want to do everything. Mm -hmm. But actually to the person, if they're on this trajectory of trying to vilify you, there's nothing you can say or do to make it okay right in matter of fact no matter what you do is going to be verified because sometimes there is an agenda right there so because of those dynamics i began to have nightmares mm. i began to not be myself i couldn't be myself being myself was like what do i do so when i came in a place where i'm normally quite bubbly very chatty just being me I was finding myself very reserved because I was like, I'm not sure what I'm walking into at the moment. You start questioning yourself. Yeah. Now, believe it or not, the, those kind of, they never existed before. So sometimes when I think about that, I'm like, well, man, how were you supposed to know how to deal with it? This was something completely new. That was, you, it landed on your lap, right? So you, you were not supposed to have the tools to deal with it. 
because it's not something you ever imagine and it's not something that you were even familiar with. It was a learning process. So this is where the self-compassion comes in for myself, but also the compassion for the other person, understanding that they were coming from their own truth, their own perspective, as much as they disagree with their own perspective or that was that led to their estrangement completely. I have to understand that that is their truth. Mm-hmm. And as much as I don't like it, it's something that I have to accept. Mm-hmm. And that is where the impact of nightmares and worthy questions of worthiness and doubt, especially because at one point in time, the relationship was very intertwined, very oh well God. connected. Oh, very well connected. Mm-hmm. And I mean, very well connected. And you know, Denise, I'm one of those people, sometimes I get these, what I call prophetic dreams. And I remember this particular family member, the one I'm straight, it was particularly hard for me, very, very difficult because we were so close. The closeness that we shared was, you could not say to me 10 years ago, that I'll be estranged from this person. I could not see that coming. Mm-hmm. And I remember prior to the estrangement fully taking place, I actually had a, a dream of this family member had died. And actually the dream was, it was a funeral day. And I refused to accept that this family member had passed on. Mm-hmm. And I, w- I couldn't accept, my heart was actually hurting me as, is, as, as if it was happening in real time. And I remember I didn't understand it. So I confided in another family member saying, I had a really awful dream about a family member we're at the funeral of this family member and they are, I couldn't accept that they were dead. And in matter of fact, as a, the casket was being lowered into the grave, I, I wouldn't accept that. I jumped in, I'm like, wake up, wake up, trying to wake them up. Mm-hmm. And then it was me that was pulled out of the grave. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason why I, I mentioned this particular story is because at the time when I had that dream, it didn't make any sense to me. This happened at least three years prior to the estrangement. It never made any sense as to why I'm dreaming this family member had passed on and it was me that was pulled out of the grave because I couldn't accept that they're gone. And it was only until we went through the estrangement after the first reconciliation and the second time, because we were trying to reconciliate a few times. And then, then I realized what that dream symbolized to me then, it was showing to me what was to come. Mm. And I, I initially I was never gonna accept the changing of the dynamic of the relationship. Mm-hmm. I was never going to accept that. So me jumping, trying to wake the person up, come back, mm-hmm. come back. That's what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And it was the end. It was me that was pulled out to say, no, you have to accept they're gone. Mm. Wow. That, that's really powerful um, because it's almost like save yourself from exerting so much effort, so much attention, so much focus on what it is that you in your heart desire and long for almost to the point where you could lose yourself in that process. And when you say it was you who was kind of pulled out, it really is almost a call to you to not lose yourself and to allow that person to 
be in whatever state of mind, choice, or decision that they are willing to make. But it's almost as if a grieving process ensues, right? Especially when you have such a close-knit relationship, you just don't turn it off, right? You know, this is someone you love. This is someone you were devoted to. They were a family member in, in your mind. You know, like we're thick as thieves, we're tight like glue, you know, like in your mind, we're going the distance in life. And when they pull away, it is very much like death. And it's almost like you have to go through that grieving process. Absolutely. And for me, I wasn't accepting it. Mm. And it was only few years down because when I had that initial dream the impact it had on me I ended up confiding it to my dad actually and I was like this is the dream that I had what do you make of it and at the time I was like well, let me pray on it right mm-hmm. and uh, so I confided in my dad pretty much immediately and I and the reason I remember so well because it happened shortly before I was getting married um this happened just before I was, I was, I was due to get married so I remember it and for me when that dream came to me later I realized this was going to happen. I was going to try to preserve everything, literally preserve it. Even when I can see the train is going the other way, the only thing I could do was actually save myself. Mm. You're very right. And once I had that realization, like, ah, okay, this is where the saving yourself begins. And it's okay now to step back. This hurts, it's very uncomfortable. It feels really strange. I am so unfamiliar with this territory here. How does this even begin? You know, how do, there's a pictures everywhere. There's memories every time on my, whether it's Facebook or something, there's just so much rich history, depth. How do you begin to put that in a box. Uh, you know, with the physical pictures, you can take them, dust and put them in a box and put them under the bed in the attic or something. When it's in your mind, it's big. Mm-hmm. When you're walking, the best I can describe is strange when you start going through it. You have this cloud and it's big. It's behind you, it's in front of you, it's beside you, mm-hmm. right? And it, it, it feels like it's in a way. Because when you wake up in the morning, it's with you. Mm-hmm. In the afternoon, it's with you. In the evening, it's with you. It's with you when you bump into a family member at the supermarket, well, to a friend at the supermarket. How is, insert the family member's name. Mm-hmm. And then you sit there that you say you're fine because you just don't want to get into it. Mm-hmm. Right? But I realized the more I start working in dealing with that, knowing that I'm dealing with the grief, I'm dealing with the loss. Mm-hmm. The cloud, it didn't disappear, nor did it disperse. It just got smaller, Mm. right? It wasn't clouding my judgment at the front. It was beside me, but not causing me. I'm aware it's there, but we're on a journey. But I'm also aware that cloud of thoughts, anger, resentment, unforgiveness, with the right conditions, it can begin to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm. And this is why you have to keep working on yourself because it's the process. Mm -hmm. I think what makes this different 
you know, especially when you talk about your dream, what makes its estrangement different is the fact that with physical death, there is the absence of opportunity, right? There is the absence of existence. There is the absence of um, them even remotely being accessible to you, right? But with estrangement, especially when estrangement is something that is forced upon you, you know they are alive. Oh, yes. You know they exist. Yes. You know that there is a very strong decision where they are adamant to disregard any relationship that you had, right? Uh So this is, while it feels like death, while it feels like, you know, separation of life, you still kind of get to know they're right over there, right? Yeah. And I think that that is one of the things that can make that cloud loom, right? The cloud that you're talking about, you know, when you're bumping into someone and they know they're over there and they ask you and you're like, you know, you don't, you don't want to go into it, but at the same time, you don't want to alert that something's off. And so you're just kind of like, they're okay. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. It's like, it's, it's almost like a defense mechanism that you put up because there is a level, there's so much stigma on family estrangement, Denise. There's a huge stigma around because the whole family estrangement goes against the societal narrative Mm -hmm. of what happy family is, right? It it shatters all that. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when you meet somebody, for example, I I was happened to be in a supermarket and I was talking to someone who recently lost their brother and they're speaking so fondly about losing their brother and how much that hurt them. And all while I'm thinking, oh, you know, and I'm just hoping, please don't ask me about my brother, you know, just don't ask me. Mm-hmm. Because I think when somebody's going through that loss and then they realize there's a, there's a strange man, they don't, the man doesn't necessarily understand that, I realize that. Mm-hmm. So you're just hoping that you can help the person within the grieving process and comfort them, but just don't bring up the subject, mm-hmm. right? So then you end up, it's that thing that you end up bringing back to yourself again in time when you're supposed to be focused on this person and you're so concerned if they just, if they bring it up and you're like, then you have to either have to lie and just make it brief. So it's just one of those things that, as I said, it, it gets smaller and you learn how to deal with it. But it really is one of those experiences that I wouldn't really wish on anyone. But at the same time, I know relationships happened things happened the same way where you can go to an employment things don't work out the same way you can have other non-familiar relationships not work out it's the same way some family relationships don't work out mixing in toxic dynamics mixing in favoritism mixing all sorts of weird things that can take place mixing in trauma parental trauma and everything else you have a cocktail you have a recipe right Mm-hmm. that can really change the trajectory where the family will go. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing, another thing I've observed about family estrangement. It didn't start with me. Mm-hmm. It didn't start with me. 
when I look at some familiar generational patterns, it's certainly there. So then I'm thinking, this is where the worry begins to come in, Denise, because I've got three kids. I would never, I could not imagine my kids not be in touch. They're so close, they're so loving, they love each other so much. What would happen for them not to be in communication with each other when they're older? Mm. Like, what would that do to me as a mother? So then I'm thinking, okay, I started looking at this from a scientific perspective. I'm looking at their generation trajectory and I'm also looking at mine and I'm looking at my beautiful babies here. And I'm thinking, this has got to stop. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The healing is necessary for this to stop. Mm -hmm. Because if the healing doesn't take place, the trauma will be passed on, not passed back. Mm. That's good. That's good. So, so let me ask you this question. In light of what you've experienced, do you remain hopeful? Oh my goodness, absolutely. Absolutely. So for me, I'm one of those people I've always loved people. I love studying human behavior. I've been obsessed with human behavior for so long. So once I got over that, when, when the cloud of the thoughts and negativity shrank a little bit, I was able to start looking at it from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. I was able to look at it as if, if I'm in my workplace, I'm doing an assessment, right? So where, where, where did we start? How did we get here? Mm-hmm. So I started dissecting it as if I was a scientist, looking at it as if it's nothing to do with me. I'm looking at it if I'm looking, I'm analyzing on someone else's behalf. Mm-hmm. And what did you I, discover? What did I gather? I gather that actually <laughs> as human beings, we all, we all got flaws and we can often feel under attacked. And miscommunication can happen because sometimes we don't want to communicate the uncomfortable truth. Mm-hmm. And sometimes even when we communicate those uncomfortable truths, they're not received very well. Mm-hmm. And sometimes my truth, you can be your truth or my truth, it's like six and a nine, depending where we're standing. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing a six, you're seeing a nine. We're both seeing correct. Mm-hmm. You see, mm-hmm. it depends about perspective. It's all about perspectives. But here's the thing. You can try to reconciliate. If the person hasn't tried to elevate their mindset, you're going to end up in the same dynamic it was before because that's what you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. You're going to end up singing the same song, dancing to the same tango. So sometimes you've done the work on yourself, you've done the healing, but the other person hasn't. Mm-hmm. So you're entering in and you can be drawn back, mm-hmm. right? So healing is imperative. But also understanding yourself and also understand that we have a bias towards yourself. Mm-hmm. And actually also understanding that when in this life, if as much as we, might, we don't go out way to hurt people, we all kind of just wake up in the morning trying to do the best. We're trying to live our best. Mm-hmm. But sometimes our actions, whether we like it or not, can infringe on others and it can hurt people. Mm-hmm. We might not mean to do it, but we can. So I've learned how to apologize. Um, even if I feel like if someone says to me, ma'am, I feel like you've hurt me because of this, I wouldn't turn around and say, what well, you actually got that wrong. I'd be like, you know what? I'm actually very sorry. I didn't realize that action hurt you. Right. Because I realized I've never been extended the same grace. So actually I extend that to other people. If someone says to me, God forbid, I've hurt them one way or another. 
even my children. I start to speak openly about this. I mean, when you're communicating with kids, you have to be very mindful that you're not oversharing, trying to, you know, impose certain things on them. But I'm communicating with them as if I'm speaking to children about what can happen. You know, things like favoritism, I'm mindful. If my son says, oh, you do this better for my other son, I'll, I'll listen to that. I wouldn't be like, oh, don't be ridiculous. I wouldn't minimize. Mm-hmm. I don't minimize these things mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. Some things that we take for granted, when the kids speak, when they say something, listen. Mm-hmm. I've learned how to become a better listener. Mm-hmm. I've learned how to watch my thoughts and my mind and where does it take me? So I've learned a lot from this experience, actually. It's been enlightening experience for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I think it's made me a better person, but it's also made me put up my boundaries. I, I had lack of boundaries before. Mm-hmm. I had complete lack of boundaries. And if you don't, if you don't have boundaries, guess what? You're boundaryless. When you're boundaryless, anybody can just walk over. Mm-hmm. So I've learned how to put up my boundaries. I've learned to pick up red flags from early on. And that's okay mm-hmm. because I needed to, to go through that in such a way to get me to where I am today. If I didn't go through that, I wouldn't be here right now. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this question because many would say that hearing your story of estrangement is not necessarily a reason to be thankful. And so when you saw this opportunity to express thankfulness in the context of this experience, why was that a dot that you were able to connect in your mind? Oh, so it goes back to that anger, bitterness, and resentment. Mm. I had too much of it. I was angry. I was angry. When I thought about the person, I would be so angry. And I know I didn't want to live with that anger. It wasn't serving me. I was stressed. Sometimes when I thought about the person, I would have such a horrible knot in my stomach because I missed them. I loved them, right? And I wanted that to end. So I started meditating. Mm. I started journaling. I started to learn. When we know better, we do better, right? Meditation gave me a piece of essence, peace, love. I got to connect with a level of abundance of love that is really hard to describe, Denise. You see? So because I was in such an emotional pain, I had to try certain things to alleviate that. Mm. And within trying these things, it got me back to the self. It got me to trying to become a better person. It got me to connect with the one God. Like, honestly, I'm very hopeful and I'm very grateful because do you know what it's like to wake up in the morning and you just happy yes you might have a state of anxiety that might come through but I practice gratitude everything around me I am so happy for it and when you're in a state of happiness Denise when you're in a state of happiness nothing much can bring you down and even if it does you realize actually you know it's it's here to teach me a lesson what did I learn today what did this experience teach me today right so there's this that's happened today. I'm unhappy about it. But what? Ten, name 10 things you're grateful for. Mm. I've got on my vision board. 
every the first thing I see, 10 things you're grateful for. It could be just my fingers, I'm able to type. It could be the electricity. It could be my children have just all woken up. They're healthy, they're happy, they've gone to school. It could be that there's just no financial worries from time to time, but it's everything. You look through things in a way that, wow, this, this thing didn't kill me. It got me to here. I am happy. I am happy about everything that I have, no matter how mundane and how little it is. And you know what I realized? The more gratitude that you show, the more gratitude frequency that you emit out there, mm-hmm. the more it's received. So recently I celebrated my birthday, my 40th birthday. I am not much attached to my family of origin per se. And then I'm looking at that wall over there. There's a bunch of cards going across. And I'm not talking about virtual birthday message there was then but there's that right there's people who came to spend time with me because they want to so I can focus on the few two birthday messages I didn't receive or I can focus on the hundreds that came Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and it is that thing that you feel less alone I'm able to cultivate the relationship that I want to cultivate moving forward in a way that is beneficial for all parties based on respect based on trust so I am happy I got to go through that in a way that with a person that it hurt me the most because if I could get past that I can I believe I can get past anything yeah that that's really good there's two things that come to mind when you were talking one thing is I often say actually it's on the cover of my book we can, we have to be willing to grow personally in order to soar relationally. And a lot of times we're not willing to take that personal journey because it is going to make us come face to face with some things that are not the best about us. And we are going to have to reckon with those things because they are ultimately standing in the way of relationship. Whether we can control the other person and how they respond or not, we have to be willing to take that personal journey. That's the first thing. And quite honestly, the second thing that came to mind as you were talking is my mom recently passed. And when I was standing next to her bedside, shortly after she departed this life, and I was touching her body to feel for warmth all over her as her body temperature was coming down. It was in that instance that God said to me, that I had been focused for so long on the low lights and that I needed to look at the highlights. And when you talk about gratitude, looking at the highlights forces us to change our perspective because we can look for trouble and we can find it. We can look for pain and we can find it. We can look for hurt and we can find it. But in like manner, we can look for joy and we can find it. We can look for gratitude and we can find it. We can look for love and we can find it. Yes. 
And oh. so I love the journey that you have taken. And I love the distinction that you made. It's not necessarily the acknowledgement that has come from your family of origin, but you found love that is peppered all alongside the wall before you of people who want to love you, who want to be there for you. And I agree with you that is a blessing. It doesn't erase the pain of the relationship that you still are hopeful for, but we cannot stop living. Absolutely. I love, you know, everything you described there, the way you summarize that is literally spot on, Mm -hmm. literally spot on. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, thank you for sharing about your mom and, you know, looking for the warmth, but then realize you're focusing Mm-hmm. you're focusing on the wrong thing mm-hmm. and I think sometimes it's within those moments that we have that realization isn't it mm-hmm. right and it's okay to learn that and it's okay to know that we didn't know before mm-hmm. and it's going through those experiences that led you there where you are where mm-hmm. I am and uh yeah so I do remember in, 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 incredibly help, um, hopeful and in the state of gratitude I'm realizing the state of love and gratitude is not something external. Mm-hmm. It is something internal. And there's an intentionality to cultivate it mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. You have to affirm yourself. You have to remind yourself. You know, when God put us here, he didn't put us here to suffer. He wanted us to thrive. Mm-hmm. You know, but life, traumas, experiences, sometimes we can forget that. Mm-hmm. And we can often see things from just those lenses of limited belief, traumas and everything else. Mm-hmm. They become these frosted lens that enables us to see properly. Mm-hmm. And then when we begin to come back to center, when we begin to come back to ourselves, it becomes less or less foggy. Then you realize, ah, loving myself is the thing. Mm-hmm. But that is the thing. Mm-hmm. Self-care is the thing, Mm -hmm. right? Not trying to force things. Mm -hmm. That's not the way to do it. Having the lack mentality, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I don't force anything at the moment. I don't force it. I'm gratitude for everything that comes. And I receive, I'm more, I I listen to my intuition a lot more Mm -hmm. as well. That's another thing that going through family strain has told me, intuition. Mm -hmm. There's some things I will be intuitively led to, but I will minimize for whatever reason because I was holding on to a narrative of what this relationship is supposed to be, even when some red flag are screaming at me. Mm-hmm. But the narrative was too strong. Mm-hmm. My intuition was minimized because of the narrative that I wanted to hold on. Now I don't force. Mm-hmm. I just let it. So one of the things that I think is very beautiful in your experience is that you've taken this journey a little further than just you. You now serve others. You now lift your voice. What ignited in you to transcend your own experience to really reach out to others that may be dealing with family estrangement? 
Well, with that, thank you for asking that question. That's a very good question because often this is one of those estrangement is something hidden. Most people don't want to talk about it. However, when you're reading online, when people talk about the estrangement, you hear, I was estranged from my mother 20 years ago. I'm still very much upset and hurting. I was estranged from my dad. I was estranged from my brother. I was strange. Insert a family member, right? When these people write, they write with so much anger. They write with so much pain, right? And I realized, actually, there's a way you can come away from the, the dark woods sometimes. There is a light, right? You're still focusing on the situation and circumstances, not realizing actually our default brain setting is to focus on a negative and your, your environment around you is reinforcing everything that you're thinking. You're unlovable. You don't trust anyone. You can't form relationships. You know, all these things shaped you. So I just want to say, yes, you can go through it. It doesn't have to define who you are. Mm-hmm. and just because the voice is screaming in your mind don't form a relationship you can't trust anyone because believe me when you go through family estrangement sometimes it can erode the, it can erode the trust that you have in other people mm-hmm. right so when you cut you you prevent yourself from getting close just in case mm-hmm. right so you keep people at a distance right just like with any when people go through trauma sometimes it's the normal default response and also with the negative self-talk, negative mind, negative way of relating to people, it doesn't have to be your story. Yes, that's part of my story, but I can create a new story. Mm-hmm. Every day that you wake up in the morning, you have a chance to do it again. Mm-hmm. And just because you're hearing a negative voice, you have to check that. Mm-hmm. What makes it true? Right? Mm-hmm. So you're telling yourself you're unlovable. Why? Mm-hmm. Why, why do you believe that? Mm-hmm. Why can you not replace that with something positive? Mm-hmm. It's about intentionality of getting someone to snap out of it. Mm-hmm. Snap, up, snap, up, snap out of it and realizing that actually what you're thinking is not necessarily true. It's not necessarily the reality. Mm-hmm. You're seeing things from trauma. And I just want you to come away from that trauma response, trauma way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And I want you to come back to center because you shouldn't be sitting here 20 years down and I'm still feeling suicidal. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be think, thinking or not wanting to make any relationship with people. Mm-hmm. You still, you, you shouldn't be sitting there letting life pass you by mm-hmm. because you've gone through this traumatic experience. Yes, it's experience, but there's hundreds of other experiences that you can cultivate and you can have the inten- intentionality to seek. And the only thing stopping you is you. I, I, I love it because, well, you know, I believe that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he has given us power and we can be, do, have, and achieve anything we want when we embrace our power, our God-given power. And that is exactly what you are advocating that we do. We come up, we lift ourselves up out of despair. We don't discount the experience, but we don't allow the experience to continue to control the rest of our days. And we instead embrace our power so that we can go forward and achieve 
the better life we all desire. So I, I just love that. I love how you're serving. It's such a needed service because it is that taboo hidden thing that we don't talk about. There are a lot of family members showing up at the grocery store being asked about the relative and they're just mm-hmm. saying, oh, he's okay. But they have no idea because they haven't been in touch they have not been connected and they are estranged. And so I am, um, I applaud you for how you're showing up and serving. As you know, um, I try to encourage people to build a life that they love. And I think we can learn a lot by wisdom. And so if you don't mind sharing some of your wisdom with us, tell me what's your life wisdom? What would you tell your younger self about life if you could? Take it easy. Take it easy. You know, learn, fall down, get up again. Learn, fall down again, get up again. Fall down, get up again. Mm-hmm. It's okay. The things that are there to break you, that you're there to teach you a lesson. Mm-hmm. That's good. They're just there to teach you. See yourself, see, as you I always use the terminology, life course. If you're doing a life course, it means you're in a lesson. So what you're going to do to graduate to another classroom, Mm -hmm. the way I look about relationships and the people that come in and out of our life and circumstances Mm -hmm. is that they're there to teach us the wisdom that we're there to learn something about who we are. If we harness it as who this is an example, but I failed, let me retake it. Mm -hmm. You're not so hard on yourself because you're just a human being. Some papers we've had to retake. I, I remember at university, I had to redo a couple of my modules mm-hmm. and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I came back better and strong and I passed. Mm-hmm. We never give ourselves the same grace when we've gone through certain tough challenges in life. That's really good. All right. So love wisdom. What would you tell your younger self about love if you could? Oh, open. Just be open. Don't be so closed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sometimes not everybody's out to hurt you and be patient, don't rush. Mm-hmm. And it's okay, people make mistakes. Mm-hmm. You're not above mistakes, they're not above mistakes. Give yourself compassion, give others compassion. Mm, that's really good. And then finally, your happiness wisdom. What would you tell your younger self about happiness if you could? It's not external. Mm. Just simply, it's not external. You can cultivate the sunshine and the happiness within. It's you. You are the key to your happiness. Mm. You're literally the key to your happiness. It's not because someone else is going to love you, they're going to give you this. No, you have to wake up with the intention to cultivate your own happiness. Create the world that you want to create. And if you have the intention to do that every day, Guess what? You're giving your brain very powerful instructions every single day that I am an author. I am an architect of my own happiness. So what does this look like? What we're going to do today to make this a reality? Mm, That's so good. Very, very good. Mm -hmm. Tell us really quickly how we can get connected with you. So you can reach me. I'm very active on Instagram. um, And it's recovery from fragmented families uh, on Instagram page. I also have a podcast, which is Recovery from Fragmented Families. 
so you can reach me on there and i've got my link tree so and you can reach me by email as well recovery from fragmented family at gmail.com and i also have a private facebook page and it's normally on the show notes of, of my every podcast, which you can just request to join. And I'll just, there's one question to answer, which is, have you gone for family estrangement? Yes or no? If it's yes, I'll, I'll prove you straight away. Okay. I honor you for being thankful for your journey. Um, there, there are so many people who face estrangement and they see despair. They don't see thankfulness. And so I honor you for recognizing the power of your own growth in your experience. And I want to say success looks so good on you. And thank (laughs) you, thank you, thank you for your example of uh, just perseverance and hope. Your example of perseverance and hope. Well, no, thank you, Denise, for allowing me to come on your podcast. It's, it's such an honor. Your episodes are so, your guests are always amazing. They're always sharing so many wisdoms uh, to take away. And I love that you're allowing people to come to that space and share different aspects of them. Mm-hmm. So when I listen to you, I'm like, oh, that's that's interesting. That's that's a great, there's always something I take away from that. So, you know, your voice is so much needed as well. And pursuit of happiness. I mean, I literally, I support the 100% because at the end of the day, when we, we can have everything that we want, but if you're not happy, actually, you there's something in your mind that's literally keeping you as a prisoner. Mm-hmm. So yes, I am definitely up for pursuit of happiness. So oh, thank, thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, I think you probably heard, as I promised, The strong power of taking care of herself is exactly what Mariam did to get through the situation and circumstance that she faced. All of us sometimes have relationships that just don't work out the way that we want, but we cannot become bitter or resentful. We have to become resolved to look for love, to look for happiness and to look for joy. I hope that you are having a great season of thankfulness. And once again, I am so thankful to you. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, well, this is your opportunity to do yourself a favor and let me know that you enjoy checking in with us here by subscribing. And I'd love to get your feedback. So if you have not left the rating or a review, take time and do that. And also, if you haven't joined us in our free Facebook community, I want to see you there. I hope that you are enjoying this season and I hope that you are blessed. Well, that's it, beautiful. Thank you for tuning in. Don't ever forget that you truly deserve life, love, and all the happiness your heart can hold. Be relentless in building a life you love without apology. I'm Denise Taylor, and you can always find me in our free Facebook community. Life, love, and the pursuit of happiness, easy to find. Now, if you want more information about my success superpowers, as I'm sure you do, download my free success superpowers ebook at denisetaylor.live forward slash podcast. And one last thing, always embrace your power and go.